Hey guys, you're listening to the Crosswalk Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Chuck. Here at Crosswalk, we get together to have honest and raw conversations about how real faith in Jesus meets real life. If you haven't already, or if you guys are new to the channel, then go ahead and hit that like button, or maybe even that subscribe, so that you guys can know when we drop future episodes. We hope that you guys enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, it's Chuck again here, and and man... I just want to tell you guys, you are in for an amazing episode today. So on, on today's episode, as Caleb will tell you here in a minute, um, I actually stepped behind the camera to try out some new equipment, and so I wasn't part of the conversation. And let me tell you, I'm actually pretty glad that I wasn't, because I got an opportunity to just listen and to these guys share their testimonies, and let me tell you, it was amazing. I was really challenged in my own faith listening today. I was very moved deeply. And we prayed together before this episode, and that was our prayer, that people would hear this and be moved, that people would hear this and the right people that really needed to hear it would be led to this podcast, that they would find it in some way, that the Holy Spirit would just direct things. And I'm really trusting that that's going to happen. And so without any further ado, here is today's episode with special guest Ryan Hoffman. Hi guys, well welcome back to Crosswalk, where real faith meets real life. Today, couple special treats for you guys. So we've actually started the video series back. We have Chuck behind the camera today. He's been wanting to play with his uh, equipment. He just got it in, and so he's not going to be up here with us. Uh, figured it'd be a perfect opportunity for him to get behind the camera and figure some stuff out technical-wise. Uh, but actually, our biggest treat for you guys is we have Ryan Hoffman with us today, okay? And this guy... I had to make sure to point this out because Ryan <laughs> Ryan is a Tennessee State powerlifting champion. Yeah. Champion. <laughs> yeah, I I accidentally <laughs> got first place in my uh, age and weight class. Accidentally. I, I, I was in the 198 weight class and and it kind of hurt my feelings when they put me in this age category because it's it's called submasters, mm. w- which I assume is like old people. How old are yeah, you, Ron? Uh, thirty six. I'm thirty six. Um, the the age range is like thirty three to thirty nine. <laughs> that should five submasters. But uh, yeah, I I I went to a meet this past Saturday. It was my first time, and it was uh, the Tennessee State Championship, and I. Lifted some heavy weight and walked away with a trophy. <laughs> brought, the, brought the trophy back home. For those of you who don't know, if you guys aren't watching the video series, I mean, I mean he has bulging biceps and just he's absolutely jacked. It's a gorilla of a man that's, sitting in front of me. That's quite an exaggeration. <laughs> he, I try to hire him as my personal trainer, but he just, I mean, I'm just not even on the same playing field. <laughs> One. 198 is is a very low weight class. I'll, I'll just mention that. It's, it's it's very low. I'm not very big. No, very respectable, very respectable. But uh, so the last couple of weeks, we have actually been uh, kind of on this through the book series. Uh, kind of wanted to take a step back. Okay, so when we first started this podcast, um, the whole main theme was that real faith meets real life. Okay, and so determining what is real faith, And how does that impact and apply to our real life? And so we have tried to give example after example for what this real faith is. We've tried to give example after example for what um, applications this real faith applies to our real life and how uh, real faith changes real life and how real faith impacts real life. But today I kind of wanted to step back and do something a little bit different from the book series that we've been on. Don't worry, we're going to be continuing on with it. Um, Actually, our next episode we're going to be on with Kevin Terry uh, from uh, what church did he go to? First Baptist. First Baptist? Yeah, he goes to. Uh, he's uh, uh, First Baptist, and in, he is going to Huntsville. be yeah in right, Huntsville. Huntsville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's going to be on here with us, and we're going to be doing the part two to the Roman series of hitting the mark that we had started with Pastor James uh, last week. So we're going to be doing that again, uh, finishing it up. Hope you guys can tune in for it because it's going to be really, really good. Uh, we had talked about kind of the individual level as a Christians last week, and this time we're going to be grouping it together as a church. And so it's going to be really important, really good to hear. So tune in for that. But for today, like I said, I kind of wanted to step back and do something a little bit different. I wanted to show um, the most prime example that I can of how that real faith impacts your real life. Whenever you choose to go down the route of 
accepting this real faith, that you've no longer uh, uh, slept in the shadows, that you decided that you wanted to wake up and you, you decided that God has changed your life and you want to make an impact for it, and you start to pursue this route of real faith, how does that look? What happens? What, what are the roads that you go down? What are the shortcomings? What are the downfalls? And what are the, uh, this peace and this joy and this overwhelming um, feeling that we have of Christ whenever we accept Him? Yeah, how does that apply to our lives afterwards? And so there's just so many questions and so many routes to go down and so many things that we can't cover. And that's exactly why I brought Ryan on today, because Ryan has a really interesting uh, story uh, to tell about his testimony. Like he said, he's 36 years old, and Ryan was born and raised in church his whole life. But sometimes he was missing the mark. And so I would just want Ryan to tell his story a little bit about how he chose to go down this path of real faith and how real faith has impacted his life. So, Ryan, I will turn it over to you. Absolutely. So you, you used the word real faith, uh, meeting real life. Yeah. And where 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 we live, we live in in Tennessee, a uh, very, very rural area. Small and so, town USA. Small, small town USA, no doubt. And so um, about every mile on the road, you will find another church and <laughs> yep. there's 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 no reason for you to not be able to find a church that works for you hmm. if you live here because there's literally one on every corner and so um the danger of that is not real faith hmm. uh faith that is not real um and, and it's very easy to get caught in that trap when you live here uh because Let's let's say you want to go out and witness to someone, um, and you know it. Well, well, first of all, it's hard to even witness to anyone here because you're like, oh, well, if they live here, they must. Be They're probably a, already Christians. Yeah, they know. must be a Christian. They must already be well, saved. And that's, that's the beauty of this is that because this podcast, most of our listeners are people from around here, but we want we want to branch out. We want to we want to spread the gospel as far and as wide Absolutely. as deep as we possibly can. Okay, so anybody with an ear to hear that wants to hear it. We want to preach it to them, okay? And we want to bring it to them in the best way that we can. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're not from Scott County, you're not from Tennessee, then there are other applications where this applies too because Scott County is not the only small town USA in the Bible Belt out there. There's a lot of other counties and there's a lot of other states out there that have churches every other mile, that have people that in the small town USA where you just basically assume everybody's saved because it's just how it is. And and even well, one of the reasons that you believe everyone is saved is everyone knows all the right things to say because they've heard it their entire lives. Mm. And when you're when you're having a one-on-one conversation with with someone, when you finally have the courage to you know talk to someone about Jesus, and you know they're very quick to tell you that they're saved and they have all these right answers. And I I feel like I'm 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 a prime example of this. I I just got saved this year. I got saved at 35 years old. And let me tell you, I'm I'm blessed and lucky that I lived this long. <laughs> um, I I'm I'm very blessed and very lucky. And me being someone who has grown up and lived in church and lived this life uh, for basically my whole life. Um, I feel like I'm a prime example of that. Whenever people would, you know, talk to me about Jesus, I knew all the right things to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I, I knew the Bible, you know, at least medium. Uh, I, I, I would not right. What you've been taught not, Sunday school? I would not say I'm a scholar, <laughs> but you know, just being in Sunday school week after week and 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 attending services mm. two or three times a week. Uh, you 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 gather that information in your brain, and it's always there. And uh, I, it, it for me, I it, it was not uncommon for me to be asked to uh, lead prayer, mm-hmm. and I would. You know, I've I've heard people pray my whole life. I I can pray. I can do that too. Um, uh, I I I. I I can spit out the same things that I've heard my entire life. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell the same uh, common Bible stories, and 
could maybe even talk doctrine a little bit, you know, not not in depth or anything, but uh, uh, I, even as an unsaved person, um, I, I could still say the right things mm. so that if someone was trying to witness to me, uh, they would assume I was saved, and and taking me completely out of the, the the equation, I'm I'm just an example of that. That's that's very common here, where there 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 there's plenty of people who just kind of live and exist in church without having that actual real relationship with yeah. Jesus, and which oftentimes you know we find that. Sometimes it's not just like what you said. You said that you you knew the right word. You knew the things to say to when people were trying Absolutely. to witness to you to you know convince them. You know, oh yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm a Christian. I go to church, whatever the case may be. But it's oftentimes not just those people that are talking to us that we are deceiving. It's sometimes ourselves, or most of the time sure. ourselves. You know, sure. I mean, haven't yeah. talked ourselves into. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I man, I go to church. I do the Sunday schools and. When the youth events do events, man, I go to all the events, and I'm I'm there all the time. I, dude, I even stack the chairs at church. <laughs> right. I, I well, stack the chairs and, and at like, church, man. Um, like, and for me, I I would tend to uh, spend my time with uh, Christian people. Yeah, right. right. And, and like, you know, those would just be the people I, I w- w- would hang out with. Um, even. Um, I I I I worked out of state uh, for a few years up in Virginia, and I was working for um, a a a game company. I, I'm not sure how to explain uh, what I'm trying to say here, but they there were not many Christians working yeah, within yeah, yeah. Sure, this sure. company. You know. Um, just that that's not the kind of people who worked that job. And I remember my my first week there, it might have even have been my first day, but the most Christian person in that company latched on to me. <laughs> and uh, like it, even me being an unsaved person, but but you know, living that life for so long, even then, these these Christians like saw me as one of them, mm-hmm. and so they would like latch on. Oh yeah, to yeah, me. pull you right in, yeah, yeah. Um, and so how how did that? I know for you, person. So did, did you? Like I said earlier, were you convinced that you did you think that you were saved earlier in? Like no, when you were, or did and, you know? I mean, you did deep down. No, and and that's a very good question. Um, I. I feel like in this area and and all Bible Belt areas, it's it's very common for uh, kids to get saved young. Mm. Do kids have like a profession of faith, right. like like at like a vacation Bible school, mm, yeah. or like um, maybe their family pressured them into mm. going forward when they were. a when they were just a kid, right? And I feel like that's common, um, and, and not. I'm not saying that that no one gets saved at age no, sure, yeah, seven yeah. or eight, uh, but you you definitely have a better understanding uh, of what's at stake when you're older. Not not necessarily even an adult, but uh, you understand more. But I I never had one of those. Hey, I'm seven years old. I'm I'm gonna get baptized. I never had one of those. Um, I I think I was maybe um, eighth or ninth grade when I started feeling conviction, um, and I I was in an awesome Sunday school class and uh, was was going to an awesome church every week. Um, and on Sunday mornings, when the preacher would preach, I would just feel this weight and this conviction. Um, but I am, 
I am, as a lot of men are, I, I am mm-hmm. someone who just tries to avoid emotions, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to feel these feelings, so if I just ignore them, they'll They're eventually go away. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you've heard there's a term for that, you're, you're hardening your heart, right? right? Yeah, when, when, uh, when Jesus is working on you and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is working on you, uh, the more times that conviction comes and you shove it away, the easier it becomes to ignore that conviction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're hardening your heart. <laughs> and um, so you harden your heart enough and that conviction stops coming. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous place to be. Definitely a dangerous place. And when the conviction stopped coming, I I, I had never had a salvation experience at that point. Um, you know, you asked if I had ever thought I was saved. No, it, you know, it was never like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I... I just kept going to church because I liked it. I liked the structure. I liked being around good people. They've done studies now, and this, to, to say, and which I don't have the stats on them. I was reading up this the other day, but they've actually done studies you know, where they say that if, if you are with a religious affiliation, that it adds 15 years to your life because you're mm, happier and you're sure. less it it, wow. it it kills depression and anxiety and all this other stuff just from being religiously affiliated okay and which that's great i'm not saying that you know that's that's that that's bad but like that that's kind of missing the whole point here in a sense because this is not just about a religious affiliation like a social club and that's kind of where we're going with this whole thing today is that I mean, a church is not a social club, okay? I mean, it's great to be social in church. Absolutely. I have friends, you know, my best friends that I have, you know, are in church with me, and, and some of the best friends that I have today are people I grew up with in church. And so as far as, like, a social status go, yeah, I mean, it's great to have friends and friendships in church, but as far as a social club, this is not a social gathering where we just come to have fun and just shoot the bull, you know, at church, you know, because it's just it's fun, it's just what we do, it's just traditional, we're going to dress up in our best suits and our the best ties that we can look as good as possible to come in here and supposedly well, and glorify God. There, There is definitely something to be said about that, especially for youth. Like, if you have a good, solid youth program going in your church, like, that's giving those teenagers a place to go where they're not off doing drugs or mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. sex in their car. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like... Even if there's no relationship with Jesus, you you are giving them better opportunities. Yeah, and that's kind of like, which we talked about this a little bit last week, is taking the gospel out of it. And that's kind of what we see in this Bible Belt religious communities sometimes, is that we've taken the gospel out of it. We've focused on, well, you know what, just as long as we're doing youth events, it keeps them away from doing drugs, keeps them away from partying and having yeah. sex and doing all this stuff. As long as we're you know having church and we're just keeping people in church, it keeps them out of this or whatever the case may be. And so we're not we're not doing it out of love to feed them the gospel. We're not doing it out of love to feed them, you know, a, a way of salvation and, and letting them know, you know, who Jesus is and his love. We're not doing it out of love and kindness for the hearts of what Christ has called us to do. If we're doing it out of, you know, oh well, this is just it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. All of a sudden we're yeah. doing all these good things, but yet we've taken the gospel out of it. Right. And so therefore sure. it renders it worthless. And so and, and which that's kind of you know a little bit of a branch off there, but and I want to get back on you and saying, I, I know how this has affected you personally for your salvation. You you have grown up in church. You've you've gone through the motions. You've known what to do. You've known what to say. Yeah. But what was the point that you reached to where you was like something needs to change? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, yeah, I mentioned that that. As I hardened my heart, the conviction stopped coming, mm-hmm. and I always thought, "Well, you know, I'll I'll just get saved someday, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it'll happen when it's the right time for me to make it happen." Uh, which you know, the the time is now. By the way, absolutely, you should yeah. definitely get saved now because we're we're definitely not promised to tomorrow. Um. 
I, I, uh, I guess it was about two or three years ago is when I was like, okay, I need to seriously, uh, I, 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 I need this relationship with Jesus. And it's not, not just as a, Hey, I, 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 I want to prevent myself from going to hell, but it was like, I, I need and want this relationship with Jesus right now in my life. Right. Yeah. And I needed it. But despite being active in the church my entire life, I, I really didn't know what steps to take. You know, I didn't really didn't know what to do. And, uh, so I I guess the first steps that I I, I took is I talked to a few friends who who were very close to me, you know, men who I I really respected and um, really trusted because here here I am telling them something that's very, very personal, Mm -hmm, um, and I... You know, I didn't know how they were going to take it. I didn't know how 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 they would react. <clears throat> and ultimately, um, what what really uh, led me? What, what really gave me the opportunity <clears throat> was twenty twenty. <laughs> you know, the year twenty twenty, the worst year ever. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, um, 2021 might be worse. I don't know. Uh, 2020, um, you know, all, all the listeners know, uh, you know, the country basically shut down for yeah, yeah. for a period of time. Um, <clears throat> any Anything that would bring you joy was gone. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, sports uh, cut off. I mean. Sports. Um, uh, live music was no longer a thing. If you're like me, um, food, <laughs> food, <laughs> restaurants were closed, <laughs> gyms were closed, uh, and that was hard. Uh, uh, re- <laughs> religious, like like uh, churches and that type of mm-hmm, thing, yeah. they were not open. And um, for me, I I I have I I work as a teacher, but it's kind of a time intensive job for me specifically right. because I'm involved in a lot of extracurricular yeah, yeah. activities and so <clears throat> it it wasn't uncommon for you know March April for for me to be working a 70 hour week and then all all of a sudden I'm working from home and there's no sports and there's no music and so those 70 hour work weeks turned into like 20 hour work weeks mm-hmm. because we, we were still working and, but we were working from home and you, you know, you're just stuck at home. Right. right. And so 2020, uh, you know, basically shuts everything down. Mm-hmm. And so me, my, my personality, I like to be involved in everything. I want oh, to feel sure, every sure. minute of every day. I want to be doing something uh, I, I just want to be involved. I I don't ever want to sit still. I don't want t- to sit still and have to let my mind work. Right. You know, I want to stay busy so that I don't have to think, mm-hmm. basically. And 2020, there's nothing to do. You sit down in your house. <laughs> and just think. And, and you think. You have to do. Yeah. And... Um, at, at this point, I'm I'm just broken. Um, I I don't feel hope. Uh, everything that was keeping my life together and running, um, there's nothing. Um, I related. <laughs> I I was going th- through a pretty hard b- breakup at the time mm-hmm. too. And so here I have all this extra time on my hands, and I'm just sitting at home lonely and alone and just, you know, broken. I feel like I have no hope. And um, as bad as 2020 was, it was, it was at that time that I was finally broken enough that I... I need Jesus, and I need Jesus now. 
<laughs> and so once you, I mean, so once you got, once you got to that point, once you have, you'd made that decision, you're like, oh, I'm broken, I'm hopeless, I'm, I'm lonely, and I'm lost, and I, I need something else. I need something sturdy that I can hang on to. I need something that I can hang my hat on every single day. I need a friend. I need somebody that's never going to leave me. I need this rock. Once you had got to that point, and you had said, okay, I'm going to do this, and you gave your life to Christ, how has that changed your life? From from then on, how how what has been different? Yeah, so earlier we were talking about you know just just being affiliated with religion um, tends to make your quality of life better. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned that, and, and I totally agree with that. But from like the first day that I that I was saved, I just felt a different kind of peace, a, a different kind of relief. And and I just, I never knew that I could feel mm-hmm. like that. I, I, I knew that, you know, going to church made me feel good and, you know, but just, just the peace that comes with it, um, it it's, it's a feeling I had never had, yeah. and I don't even really know how to explain it. But there's, I mean, there's no words that do explain it. <clears throat> and I, you know, I'm sure that if you're if you're anything like me, you know, you the first thing you want to do is you've experienced this peace, and it's like there's just it's so overwhelming. It's like I gotta tell somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, yeah. I have to share this with somebody. Sure. And so, yeah. and that's not to take the spotlight off of you at all, but that's. That speaks to me, you know, personally, because, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I've been in that same boat. I've been where you are. And that's kind of what started me um, on the whole real faith, real faith journey. And I, I just want to say that in just the short year that you have totally given your life to Christ and that you've decided that you wanted to do something with it and you wanted to be a faithful servant of God, I just want to say that you've done probably more than even I have trying to to pursue the gospel in in a sense because i remember the day uh ryan was called up into church to give a testimony for you know for his life and stuff we had started this new program at church where on sunday evening sunday nights we would um we'd take turns giving testimonies people who wanted to give their testimonies they'd jump up and, and they would just give their testimonies and it was a really good experience it was actually a really good idea and i thought it worked out very well but for those of you who who don't know um about I'd say two years ago, maybe two and a half, three years ago, um, we, me and Calvin Smith had got together, and this was right after I had made the decision that I want to follow Christ wholeheartedly. And I'd gotten with, with, with Cal, and I'm like, dude, my life, it, it's changed. I, I'm telling you, there's something about it that I can't explain it. But I was like, I got to tell people about this. I got to do Absolutely. something about this. And I was like, yeah. what What should we do? Because, you know, Calvin, you know, which he's been on the show before, like he was my guy, you know, back in the day. If there was a fire problem, I was going to Cal. If I needed somebody to talk to, I was going to Cal. As long as we go to Cal, I'm like, what do we do? And he's like, let's start a Bible study, man. And I'm like, let's do it. So we started this Bible study group up, and we just started with just me and Calvin and a couple guys. And, you know, now we, we kind of have a little group chat thing going, and, you know, there's 25 almost 30 guys in there now and so it has kind of grown over the years but uh which calvin's you know gone back to school so that's kind of left me uh, at times single-handedly just just trying to just pick these guys up and we're just all trying to comfort each other and do this this whole group thing and the whole purpose of that group was we can change scott county we can change all it took was 12 disciples to change the world that's right yeah and Jesus, of course. <laughs> but all it took was Jesus and twelve it's disciples. All it took was Jesus and twelve disciples to change the world. But now here we are, and it was like, obviously, I, I don't necessarily want to shoot out to change the world. I just want to change Scott County. I was like, if that's what happens, it happens because it's got to start somewhere. And I was like, we we had a vision, okay, uh, last year, which that was our topic for 2020 was vision. And our group specifically, we had a vision, and we wanted to. We wanted to bring real faith to Scott County. We wanted to wake up the church masses to this religious cycle that we've been living in and saying, we need something real. We need something tangible. We need to get off our butts and get out of church and start. We need to bring Jesus outside the church, basically. And so we started on this journey, and, and which it went well. There was, you know, there were there were ups and there were down. But Ryan comes in 
And I, I, I've been, you know, I'd working my butt off. I'm just, I'm going left and right. I'm taking guys out to dinner. I'm, we're knocking on doors. We're just trying to advance the gospel the best we can. And Ryan steps up in church one day and gives his testimony. And like, pretty sure it spoke to more people than I ever, probably ever could have. Honestly, you reached a lot of people that day in that message um, because Ryan just gave his testimony. And he was like, "Listen, I was a religious zealot, and I, I, I lived my life." thinking that I was saved and thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm probably good because I've, I've lived the right way, I've, I've gone to church, I've done the right things, I've gone through the motions, and so I'm probably okay, and this is fine, and then he, he had this waking moment where he's like, this is not real faith, this is not what it's God not wants. Real. This yeah. is not real. Yeah, and this, it's this not had, a real relationship. And so you chose to go down that path, and when you did, you know, you gave your testimony, and by giving your, just by simply by giving your testimony in church that day, you impacted a lot of lives. Okay, and I remember specifically texting you. I think I texted you actually that day that you did that. I was like, bro, that was awesome. Like, pretty sure you did what I've been trying to do for the last two years in like 30 minutes. Okay. (laughs) So it was awesome. And I was like, that was just like, it was such a cool moment because just seeing like how God can can use somebody specifically. Just, and that kind of brings us to our really our main point today. And for me specifically, as I'd said, um, I'd kind of fallen in that same boat that you had, and I'm not gonna. You know, I don't necessarily want to go over my whole entire story, my whole testimony, but I'd not always lived a life that was Christ-like. I was raised and born in a Christian family, small town USA. Yeah, I'd lived and born here in my entire life, um, and I'd always gone to the same church, New Haven Baptist Church. We've always gone here, and it was a great experience. And it was awesome. I was at, at which my my dad for a long time was the choir director, and which eventually they went into. Uh, heading the youth and working a lot in the youth for the last, you know, 15 years. And eventually, you know, they, that was handed over to Chuck. But it had been in my family for so long. And it was just, honestly, it was just a point of this is just what we do. Okay. Yeah, this is absolutely, I was born in a church family. This is just kind of what we do. And so I went to church. I went through the motions, but I was only going through the motions at church. You know, when I was at, church on Sundays, and every single Wednesday, you didn't miss church, okay? Like, that's just not what you did in my family, okay? You didn't miss church on Wednesday, and you didn't miss church on Sunday, and so you went. And so we'd go on Wednesdays, and we'd go on Sundays, and everything would be great, you know, oh, I'm saved, I'm a good, you know, Christian guy, whatever the case may be, but then I'd go to school throughout the week, and I would cuss up with my buddies, I would probably the most perverted so out there that you could possibly think of. I had sex before I was married. You know, I'd be you know, drinking or partying on the weekends, whatever the case may be, and it wasn't good. And it got to a point where after I graduated high school and things started to go, you kind of hit that rock bottom like you had talked about. Yeah. And it was to the point where you kind of look back on all the things that you've, you've done in your life, and it was like, that got me nowhere. That literally was the most meaningless thing I could have did with my life. And so then you ask yourself, you're like, where do I go from here? And you're like, well, and which this is when the, in that case where it's good. This is even even though I don't, I wasn't on the right path with Jesus in my relationship. It was good because I was in church. Because when I hit rock bottom, I knew where I should go. You, you knew where to look. I knew where to look. You knew where to look. I knew yeah. where to look. And so Absolutely. even though it wasn't, even though for the last you know twenty years, or I guess it was, I don't know, I guess not. I was nineteen, twenty years old. Even though for the last nineteen, twenty years. Everything had just been a blur, and everything had just went one in and out the other, and I knew the Bible stories and all this other stuff, and even though I didn't apply it to any part of my life, when the time came when I was broken and I knew I needed something to change, I knew the place I needed to turn. And so I did, and in that moment, I turned to the Bible, and I turned to the gospel, and I started reading, and I started researching, and because, and, and I, I'd, like I'd said, I'd known the stories, I'd known what I was supposed to do, but it was more than that because it was like, I don't want to have my parents' faith. I don't want to have the stories my parents have fed me, that church has fed me. I want to make my own... You want your own relationship. I want my own relationship. It came to that point where I was like, I don't want what, what they had. I want something different. I want my own relationship with Christ or, or whatever that case may be. So I set on this journey to search for that. And in that, I decided, you know, one of the big things, uh, I had a couple of verses written down here that really had changed my life uh, for the better was, you know, I'd read things like in John 15, John 15, 8, where he commands us that we should produce fruit. You know, the vine and the branches, everybody knows the vine and the branches story. And saying that we should produce fruit as Christians in our life, we should be producing fruit. And so I asked myself, where's my fruit? 
And I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and which I, I'm, this, this is coming from a guy that in high school, I've been on mission trips. I've been to Guatemala, uh, Costa Rica, or, or, uh, Costa Rica, Ecuador, uh, the Galapagos Islands, plenty of places. And while I was over there, I was part of the plays and as like the masses of, of speaking the gospel, I'd never personally grabbed a translator and went and talked to somebody about Jesus. I'd never personally done anything specifically to try to advance the gospel in any way. I was just there to have, to have fun and enjoy the experience. Or at least that's what it felt like. And I realized I need to produce fruit. And so I'm thinking, where is my fruit? And I came to the realization that there is none. I've not produced fruit. The only fruit I've produced has been bad fruit. And then I come to things where it says like Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And, and he says that, you know, not all who call upon the name of the Lord is going gonna, is gonna to be in heaven. They're going to get to that place of judgment and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast out demons? Haven't we preached the gospel? Haven't we done all these things? And God is going to say, flee from me because I never knew you. I never knew you. You said, you might, know, you might have known of me, but you never took the initiative to have a relationship with me. And so in that case, I don't know you because you never, you never stood up in faith to have that relationship with me. And I read things like that, and it broke my heart. It scared me, and it, and it made me fearful because I'm thinking, what have I done? How have I lived my life? I've not pursued a relationship. I've not produced fruit. I've definitely not produced good fruit. I've searched after God in other things where you shouldn't be finding God. I, I've, I've not found it. I have strayed from this path, and it came to that point where it was like, I've not found the path. You know, these, there was one more verse on here that says, faith without works is dead. You know, James 2.14 yeah. in James, okay? And those were kind of the the roundabout factor, I guess, that really dialed at home for me because, you know, I'd read this that scared me in Matthew where it's like, you know, there's going to be people who knew Jesus was real or knew God was real and they believed in him. And yet you're going to tell me that Jesus or God turns them away and says he never knew them, knew them. Like what? Like that's terrifying. Like, so, well, who's going to get saved then? And then I read things in John 15, where it says in the vine of the branches, now, hey, if you're not producing fruit, you're going to be cut off from the vine, and you're going to be thrown in the pile, and you're going to be burned. You know, they're talking about hell, and you're, I mean, you're, you're going to be cut off from the, the vine of the branches. And that's scary, and that scared me. And I'm like, what's going on here? And then I get to James, and I read James, and he talks about, and which James is beautiful. I love when we went over James. We just talked about James, you know, a while back. But we get to James, and he talks about this idea of faith and works. And he's like, hey, your faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead. Same way as in if you have works and you don't have faith, it's dead. And right. so here I am to this realization that I've lacked both. <laughs> you know, I've not, uh, sure. I've lacked the faith, yeah. I've lacked the works. I've called myself a Christian just because I've been in church. And it's like, what, what do I do now? And so I had made that decision then and there. It's like, this is not about what Jesus can save me from. Okay, this isn't about this isn't about what Jesus can save me from, meaning hell. This isn't just about me wanting to get away from hell. This is about what Jesus can save me to. Okay, because at that point, you, know, you get you get to a, a brokenness point where you feel, in which obviously hell is going to make going to be nothing like this. But you get to a point where you feel like it's hell on earth because you're you're so broken. <clears throat> well, we get so we get so uh, I, and I I don't I don't even necessarily know if it's a bad thing. But we get so focused on salvation being our escape boat from hell. Yeah, it's yeah. like, if I get saved, I don't have to go to hell. But that that wasn't necessarily my motivation. My motivation was having Jesus here and now. Exactly. Big, and I believe you were maybe... Going there yeah, when yeah. you were mentioning how you know sometimes living in this world can feel like hell on earth, but it's it's so much easier when Jesus is walking with you when when you're de- dealing with whatever the struggles are, whether it's relationship issues or you know you're not getting along with 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 someone who you believe that you should be getting along with. Work issues, you know, um, uh, maybe you're struggling financially, but just having Jesus walking there with you gives you so much oh, peace. Yeah. And 
Well, and I love I love the way that Chuck says it because and Chuck always says, and I'm pretty sure I don't. He probably got it from Andy Stanley. I'm not 100 percent sure, but if I had to guess, it's probably Andy Stanley. But you know, he always says that um, it's not about our, when it comes to our salvation. It's not about us getting into heaven. It's about heaven getting into you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's not. That's that's a Chuck original, of course. <laughs> Nothing to do with Andy Stanley, <laughs> but it's it's this this idea of salvation. Our whole purpose for salvation. For Jesus coming and saving us is not to not necessarily to save us from hell. Actually, it's not to save us from hell. Okay, that's just a benefit. That's just a, an unintended benefit. Okay. Sure, yeah. The point of Jesus coming and saving us is to have a relationship with us. The yeah, point of Jesus and coming to save for us is to get heaven on earth because that's that was this it, that was Earth's original design. You know, back in before Adam and Eve, it was heaven on earth. It was it was perfect. You know, there was no sin. There was no uh, hate. There was no. Um, hurt and crying and tears and shame and guilt. There was none of that. It was a perfect, it was heaven on earth. And so that was God's original plan. So the whole point, whenever sin is introduced, is God's plan to get heaven back on earth, which obviously that's never going to happen because we you skip to the end in Revelations, we know that, well, actually, I guess it will eventually, but we know that there is going to be coming, you know, an end times and God is going to call us up. But And I'm not here, you know, to get into the end times study or nothing, but I'm just saying that, the purpose is to get heaven on earth. That is what your salvation consists of. It's not about what salvation can save you from. It's about what saving can, salvation can yeah, save your, you to. Your, your, your salvation doesn't start when you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when, when, like when you get to spend forever with Jesus, that starts here, here mm-hmm. and now. Absolutely, dude. I love that. That, just, like, that literally just like sends chills out of my body. I'm not even kidding you. Like that... It's not about you, your your relationship with Jesus doesn't start whenever you get that presence of Jesus. That doesn't start when you hit heaven, dude. That starts the day you decide to change your life and be that new creation that God tells you that He will He, he will make you and, into. And, and you know, as someone who who lived that fake faith life for a long time, same yeah, living that real faith and just it's. It's different. You you just live differently, <laughs> and that's which I, that's that is what begs the whole point of this podcast. The whole point of bringing you onto this podcast and you sharing your story and me kind of sharing some of my story is not just so me and you can just sit here and you know glass over old times. Man, you remember when we used to be old dirty rotten <laughs> sinners and you know whatever the case may be. And, and the point is that we want to get the word out to you guys, to whoever is listening to this, to whoever's ears that this is going into, to to have you evaluate your faith. You know, the thing, I guess, I don't know if it's his saying or not, but I guess it's probably not, but I always heard him say it. He's the one I heard from, but Ken Freeman, he always said that a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And that has stuck with me because that has rang true, so true in my life. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. So I challenge you, if you're listening to this, to challenge challenge your faith. To challenge it. It's okay to challenge your faith. Ask the questions. Ask, and it's like Ryan was saying that it gets to a point where you just fill your life with so much dirt and clutter and just things to take your mind off so you don't think. Stop. Don't do that. 2020 is the perfect time. We have the perfect time right now, okay, to just stop and think. And I know it's hard. I know it's not comfortable, but that's, we didn't, we weren't called to be comfortable, okay? We were called to be at, out of our comfort zone, to be the salt and the light of the earth. And so if you're one of those people that kind of, uh, and I'm speaking directly more so to, obviously, if, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, you, if you're hearing this, I beg you and I plead with you to study it and to get into the Word, try to understand I, that Jesus Christ came to this earth, He was the Son of God, that He died on the cross, that He was buried, and He rose again three days later, He resurrected from the grave, and He did that all for you. He did that all for you. And so I beg you that if you're one out there and you don't, you don't know Jesus, I pray that you, that you will. But this specifically, I'm speaking more so to my younger uh, in the faith Christians out there, or so-called, if you think that you've been saved, if you think that you've, uh, uh, or you've been raised in church your whole life, or you've been in the Bible Belt, or whatever the case may be, this is specifically for you because I challenge you to challenge your faith. So ask the hard questions. So I guess some of those questions that you could ask, you know, is, is where are my fruits? Have I produced fruits in my life? Has there been evidence of change in my life? Because like you were saying, as soon as it, as soon as it happened, as soon as you made the choice, follow Jesus. There was a peace and a comfort about you that you that you couldn't even definitely, understand. Definitely, okay. And it's like I feel that same thing, and I wish I could put it into words so that you guys could understand it. But it's it, you can't. 
And that's not saying, I'm not out here, you know, teaching some uh, prosperity gospel because your life is going to be hard, if not harder, after you're saved. You're going to have struggles. But there, through the storms, through the struggles, there is going to be a peace about you that you can't even understand. And I know that that's hard looking out on the outside thinking, so you're going to tell me that my life is going to be harder, but it's going to be easier. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay, I understand how screwed up that that sounds, but there's just a, there's a peace about it that they just it passes all understanding. There's a joy with it that you can't even fathom. And so I challenge you to ask those questions. I mean, where are my fruits? Where where has where is my evidence? Where my evidence lies? And who maybe how have I acted differently than the world? You know, that's the big one that I challenge my guys to ask them on a on a daily basis. Is if somebody that you did not know were to job shadow you, I guess, for instance, for a whole entire day. You didn't, they didn't know anything about you. Literally, they, they just sicked them on you, and they're to be by your side all day, watch every single movement and action that you do. When they came to the end of it to give their little resume report of who you are, would a Christian be on there? Okay, and I'm not talking about, I mean, they're, they're job shadowing you not on a Sunday, not on Wednesday, okay? This is on a Monday morning. Okay, your worst time. This, the traffic to work was terrible, and you go to work, and work was awful, okay? And just everything in the world is falling apart, okay? And they're job shadowing you on this Monday. What, what's, what's it going to say on that resume? Is they are, they're really... They're really peaceful. They're they have a joy about them that I don't under really that I really don't really understand. I don't know what's going on with them, but I would like to know more about it. And and as as a believer, you never know when you are being watched that way. And you don't. And because and you are being watched that way. The people Constantly. who are on the, the unbelievers, yeah. they and that's what it is more so today. Because even you'll find if you ever watch like Christian and atheist debates, like even in the the atheist debates nowadays. The the more the most debates that you watch, it's like the whole thing is like less over if God exists, and it's just like if He does exist, why why does this happen and why does that happen? You see what I'm saying? It's like there's like less because there's so much evidence for the fact that Jesus Christ was who He said He was. He was the Son of God, and He died. He for sure died, and He for sure rose from the grave. There's so much evidence that supports that historically, and so people like don't even defute that anymore. It's just like the fact that's like. Sure, God's real. We don't care. We don't want it. We, you know, because when this whole thing went down in California, man, people holding up signs of like "Get God out of California," you know, or, or whatever the case may be. What I don't. Did you, did you ever see any of those? Uh, no. When, it, when all these riots to. and stuff were going down in like California, I mean, there were just I mean, riots after riots. We people see people holding up signs and like, "We want God out of here." Like, get God out of California. Okay, and so it's like the question is like they're not even. It's not even necessarily a question of like, is God real? It's like we don't want what this guy has to offer. They just totally shut them down altogether. And so that's just the world that we live in today. It's not even necessarily a question of that. And so that's why I, you know, I asked you to, it's not necessarily a question of, is God real? Because I tell you, he's real. Okay, I've seen the evidence of God in my life and in many people's lives. And there's a God out there and he loves you and he wants you to come to him. But I asked you that if you are one of those people that was raised in church, and it's not necessarily a question of God is real, because you have the believing part. Right. You have the believing part down. See, that's not what we're struggling at. The believing part's not what we're struggling. It's the the faithfulness part. It's the being sanctified part. It's the actually doing the work and doing the will and not being hearers of the word, but being doers of the word as well. That's where we struggle. Okay, and so it's not necessarily a part it's not just a it's a oh, do I believe God is real? Is there evidence for God? Whatever this case may be. If you're out there and you're and you're listening to this and this has been you can resonate with that. I challenge you to question your faith. What has been real? Has there been change in my life? Because the same thing for me, there was a change in my life. Whenever Christ entered in my life, and when I decided I want to go all in for Christ, all of a sudden, I remember, I specifically remember the day after uh, that I had made the choice to, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit on the fence anymore. Okay, I'm not going to play dumb. I'm not going to play like I know the rules and like I know everything about it, and I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to go all in for Christ. I was at the gym, and I was on the treadmill. Nobody else is in there. It's midday because I'm, I'm, I'm working out on my lunch break, and I just I feel like the, the Holy Spirit move over me. And it's like I, I know that you can't describe that feeling, but it's just like something was like nudging at me. I was like, you need to tell people about Jesus. You got to tell people about Jesus. I'm like, there's nobody in here. And I turn around, and there's this dude on the cable machine, tatted up. Man, he's got, like, naked girl, like, 
like straight yeah. up naked girls on his arm, tatted on there, fully tatted from him, which I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad against tattoos. I'm just saying, like, it was obvious, like, this guy was not a Christian, okay? I mean, he's like naked girls and just like profanity and just like all this like bad stuff like up and down his body and it's like the holy spirit's like go talk to that guy and i'm like are you serious like this guy of all and what you know he's got like big old beard and he's like jacked out of his mind i'm just like yeah, oh sure. my goodness of course <laughs> like this has to be the one time and so i remember feeling so sick i mean i, I felt nauseous I, mean, I just i literally felt like i was going to throw up because i was so nervous and i go into the bathroom i'm praying i'm like is this really what you want me to do and i go back outside and he was already gone Okay, so I didn't get the chance to speak to him. But the call was there. You know what I'm saying? It was like, before, it was like, I had no real call, like, intentions of telling people. And there was never, when I was out oh, in yeah. public, there it's, was never, there was never a time different. when it was like, oh, oh go tell that person it's about Jesus. Different. Go tell that person about Jesus. Go tell that person about Jesus. Go tell about what Jesus has done in your life. There was never, like, things that, like, tugged at me like that. And now it's like, bro, I can't go anywhere. I'm in, like, the men's bathroom at a football game, okay? And it's like, that guy in the Euro next to you, and it's like the Holy Spirit's nudging. And it's like tell that guy about Jesus. I'm like not right now, you know. But it's like it's everywhere. It's everywhere you go. I mean, there's a there's a change, okay, that takes place, and it's not just inside of you. It's outside of you. There's a change. And you know, I, like the the devil will use anything to keep you from sharing that faith as well. He will. He will. You know anything. Um, uh, I, I, I have countless examples in, in my own life, but, uh, a, a, a lot of time for, for me, it's just insecurity. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm, I'm not really a good Christian. It's like, I, 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 I sin and fall short, you mm-hmm. know, daily. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I've done things that would ruin my testimony. It's like, well, I can't go talk to them because they've heard me use the F word, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to talk to them because we're in the gym. Some of, some of my most convicting moments have been in the gym, actually. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And, and I remember uh, recently just like, I, it was super late at night. I never work out late at night, but I couldn't sleep. And so I was at the gym at like a random hour, like 2.30 in the morning, and there was a couple in there. I just had this weird like like need, urge. Yeah, yeah, but you can't explain to, it yet. To tell this guy about Jesus and... And I didn't, you know, I I blew it. Yeah. Not only was I awake at this odd hour for a reason, <laughs> yeah, 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 but he was there at the gym for a reason, and I have this conviction, and I still blew it. And see, but that's that's that is the whole point of what we're talking about. Is like, yeah, you blew it, but you've had opportunities afterwards. You you've made up Absolutely, for those. You, you've sure. had chances to share the gospel, and you have, and you've you've matured in being able to tell people about Jesus. But the important part is that even though that you were so fresh out of you know giving the commitment to go into Christ, the conviction was there. You felt the need. Yeah, I need to tell that person there. about Jesus. Okay, and so that's if there's anything that I could give you out there that if you're listening to this. I wish that you would challenge your faith, that you would ask those important questions. And so some of those questions being, like you just said, do I feel the urge? Do I feel the need to share the gospel? Okay, because that's a big one. And so ask yourself, it's like, am I producing fruit? Is there evidence in my life? Do I look different than the world? Is there any difference for me than what the rest of the world is doing? Because there should be. You know, the world says that we're to be salt of the earth, that we're to be the light of the earth. We're to be a diamond on a black background. Okay, We're to stand out and be a difference in this world. And so look at yourself and look at your life and look at the life that you've lived and ask yourself, where is that fruit? Where is that evidence? Has there been such a change in my life? Because you're going to be a new person. The Bible says that you are a new creation whenever you are saved. You, the old has passed away and the new has come. You're a new creation. And so are you still living in that past sin? Are you still living that old life even though you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I've, I've given my life to Christ, you know, and I, I go to church like I should or whatever the case may be. But are you a new creation? Has it changed you to your core being? 
And one of the way, and those are some of the ways that you can tell if they've if they've actually changed you is because where's that faith at? Where's that fruit at? Where's that evidence? And one of the big ones is there an urge to tell people about the gospel? Because whenever you receive Jesus in your life, whenever you receive that real faith, it does something to you that is so big, that's so overwhelming. It fills your cup so full that it overflows, and you have to tell somebody else. Absolutely. You have to tell the world. Yeah. You have to show the world. Okay? And I know that that can be scary, and but... God has given you the tools necessary to preach the gospel and to tell the gospel. And I know that it can be overwhelming sometimes, but God has given you your own story to tell other people. And that is enough to get people saved, to get people to come to the cross. Just your story in and of itself. You don't have to have some major sob story. You don't have to know major theology. You don't know how to, have to memorize every book yeah, in the no, Bible just to be able to, me, to tell people about Jesus. Just let me tell you what Jesus has done for let me. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. For me. And that works wonders, okay? And so if you're out there and you decided, hey, you, you want to follow Jesus, you, you've been struggling with how do I you know, advance my faith, how do I advance the gospel, that is a great tool to use. What what has God done for me? Let me tell you what He has done for me. Let me tell you how He has changed my life. Or if they if somebody's coming to you with a problem, you know, hey man, I, I recognize that problem. I've had similar problems. Let me tell you what fixed that problem for me. Let me tell you the solution to that problem. There are so many ways that you can use the story that God gave you to advance the gospel in other people. And so use that. But but mainly as for our own for our, our main point today is just Challenge your faith. Question it. Don't don't just sit by and think you're fine. Even if you think that, you know, hey, I'm on the high side, sit down, stop for two seconds, and challenge your faith. Ask yourself, where is the evidence of my faith? Where is the fruit of my faith? Am I producing good fruit or am I producing bad fruit? Do I look different than the world around me? Am I the salt of the earth? Am I the light of the earth? Has there been a change about me? I remember back when I accepted Jesus in my life, and you know what? My life has looked different since then. And I want to tell you, and not to put fear in you, not to scare you, but I tell you this with love in my heart, if there's not been a change, you need to evaluate your faith. You need to evaluate your salvation. If there's not been a change in your life, if you're not seeing a difference from who you were and who you are now, if you're not seeing that good fruit being produced, and if you don't have a desire to see lost people saved, then there is a real problem wrong. There's a big problem Okay, and you need to evaluate that. You need to evaluate your faith, and you need to see what is going on and what can be fixed. Because the odds are, maybe you're not, your relationship isn't the best that you thought it was. Maybe your salvation isn't there at all. Because you need to question that. And that's not to, like I said, that's not to scare you into salvation. That's not to scare you into anything. That's just to get your wheels turning. You need to be thinking about it always, constantly thinking about, you know, where's my faith line? Where's my fruit line? Where's my evidence line? Am I looking different? And you need to make that decision for yourself, and you need to evaluate yourself and choose, you know what, hey, my life's not been different. I've not produced any of the good fruits in my life. I've not told anybody about Jesus. I have no desire. When I'm out in public, when I'm talking to people, or when I'm at the cash register in the store, when I'm at the Walmart, or whenever I'm at a restaurant and our waiter's with us, if there's no desire ever to to tell people about Jesus, if you don't have that urge, I didn't tell that person about Jesus, or there's an opportunity to tell people person about Jesus. If you're not seeing that in your life, then I would be evaluating my circumstances. I would be evaluating where my faith lies, because chances are you're not having a real faith and you don't have a real salvation because you need Jesus, and and real Jesus changes you. Real faith challenges real life. Real faith impacts real life. Real faith changes real life and that is the whole purpose of why we started this podcast is because we want to see people with their lives change we want to see people make a difference in their lives we want to see people come to Christ not just come to Christ but we want to make disciples we want to see them branch off and make other disciples we want to see this thing grow and the only way that we can do it is if we do it through love if we do it through real faith if we do it through real life so I mean that's really all I got for you guys today I know that we kind of cut it long today but um, there was just a lot to say. I mean, really, and there's a lot of uh, pent up emotions, a lot of things that we've been needing to say on the podcast. And I thought it was a perfect time bringing Ryan on to share some of his story um, and to also share some of mine because we constantly just go back to this real faith. We constantly go back to the beginnings of our podcast, and that's the whole reason for it. Is we just want to we want to see you guys challenge your faith. We want to see you guys produce a real faith. We want to see you guys come to Jesus and and make a difference in the world and challenge the gospel and and pursue it, and have better lives for it. So, 
Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thanks I, for having I, me. I really appreciate you Thanks coming for out having here. Me very much. Um, but until next time, we're going to be on with Kevin Terry finishing our Romans Part 2 series. So stick around for that. If you guys haven't already, check us out on our YouTube channel. This video will be up on YouTube uh, so you guys can see us in person, see our faces, uh, and see us talking about some of this really cool stuff. Also check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, any of our big major uh, podcasting platforms. Just go and check it out. Make sure to hit that like or subscribe button if you haven't already so that we can help further the gospel. But until next time, guys, we'll see you then. This is Crosswalk. Thank you.